From the protectors of the internet, the Wisconsin Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force, it's the PKO Podcast. Welcome to the PKO Podcast, sponsored by the Wisconsin Department of Justice Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force. I am Dana, and with me today, I'm very excited to introduce our ICAC Victim Services Specialist. Um, I've got Leanna and Katie on the line with me, so um, I'll just introduce them one at a time. Leanna, thanks for joining us today. Happy to have you with us. Hi, Dana. Yeah, thanks for having us on here and um, happy to kind of talk about our program today. You bet. And Katie, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate you being on today. Yeah, good morning. Thanks for having us, Dana. Absolutely. So let's dive right in. So folks that are listening to this, um, this is coming out in May. And we wanted to showcase this program and talk a little bit about the services um, as a follow up to April, because April is such a busy month um, in terms of awareness and safety and victim services and victim rights. Um, There's just there's a lot going on. So uh, I guess let's let's start by giving the attention deserved to those types of things and talk about Sexual Assault Awareness Month and some of the other events that were going on. Um, Leanna, do you want to share a little bit about some of those? Yeah. Um, So like you mentioned, April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month, Child Abuse Awareness Month, and it has Victim Rights Week um, all within April. So like you said, busy month. Um, But Sexual Assault Awareness Month is really about providing awareness and prevention about sexual assault, harassment, and abuse. Um, And it's really spearheaded by the National Sexual Violence Resource Center. Um, They're a national wide organization, and each year they kind of pick a theme um, to share about their message. And this year, it's about building safe spaces online together, which is fantastic for our purposes and um, sharing a lot of the the same messages that we do here at the ICAC task force. Um, things like practicing digital consent and intervening when we see harmful content and behaviors online and promoting um, some communities online that are valuing respect and safety as part of their, their mission and their platforms. That's fantastic. And it does, as you mentioned, these, these, um, awareness events, um, they all cross paths for us here in ICAC, uh, because we do deal with online exploitation of children. Um, so that's a really great point that there's a lot of resources and a lot of good stuff out there. Um, not only for Sexual Assault Awareness Month, but for Child Abuse Prevention Month and for for um, crime victim rights uh, and that sort of thing. So, um, Katie, anything you want to pitch in? I know that um, we have a week dedicated to crime victim rights and awareness around that um, and just good resources out there on child abuse prevention. Um, anything from your side? No, I think Leanna did a great job of covering it all in a nutshell. So thank you, Leanna. So just some uh, brief introductory stuff that we wanted to share. Um, it's This is a very busy program that we're going to be introducing and sharing information about. And even just hearing about what happened in April um, tells us why this is such a busy and necessary program. And it's it's a 
great thing to have attention drawn nationally to these topics um, in the month of April. And we look forward as part of this program, as part of ICAC, and just in our general interaction with people um, of driving this information, um, this safety information and resources all year round. So with that, let's introduce our ICAC Victim Services Program. Um, So our Wisconsin ICAC Task Force recognized um, over the last number of years, we recognized the need that existed for specialized support um, and services for victims and individuals impacted by online child sexual exploitation or child sexual abuse material. Um, And we often refer to it as CSAM. And so we started this program, Liana and Katie's program, um, which is the first specialized ICAC victim services program um, in the state and the nation, from our knowledge. So it's a really cool thing. They've been really busy. It's a very needed thing. Um, and we look forward to seeing this network expand as that continues to be acknowledged. So um, that's a very brief introduction. But Katie, um, do you want to talk a little bit about what you both do and you know getting started with this program and that sort of thing? Yeah, sure. So like Dana mentioned, right, um, we've seen the rise in our cyber tips and there's a lot of complex victimization that goes on in these cases. And there really is a limited number of resources that are specializing in this victimization. And so um, Leanna and I work to support the victims and the families that are impacted by technology facilitated crimes Um, just being able to address that unique victimization that occurs in these cases, um, you know, because behind each of the images or the videos, these victims and families are left to cope with, you know, with the effects of that victimization that occurs at the hands of that offender. Um, And so it's important to have the resources and specialized services directly to ICAC or that are for ICAC victims just because of that unique victimization. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's a really great point to bring up. One of the things that we hear from time to time um, that is a piece of um, misinformation, I guess, is the idea that, you know, these are just pictures. And so it's a lesser crime, perhaps. And we all know in the world of ICAC, and it's important that we share this out, that that is not the case, that that. Every picture or file that we see is uh, representative of a child being abused and exploited in those situations. And we all know as well that um, many times these these cases are um, are either involved with or there there may be interest in hands-on abuse of children as well. Um, so that's a really great point to bring up. Um, so Leanna, do you want to expand on anything with, you know, re-victimization or work with schools or anything like that that you've seen as well? Yeah. Um, so something else that we see, and you had mentioned re-victimization, and something that 
I think is another really important point to bring up when we're talking about these crimes and and responding to them is is that revictimization piece and that um, you know we all know once something is online it's almost impossible to get it taken down or to erase it from the internet um, or to be 100% sure that something is erased from the internet. And that can be especially difficult for victims um, and for survivors who are trying to navigate this and trying to heal and trying to, um, you know, move forward with with their lives after after something has happened. Um, and I think that's a, a really important piece to also recognize about this population is that when when the abuse happens or when the image is posted online, that most of the time these these families or these children might experience multiple victimizations each time that it's posted, which is why, you know, it's more than just the images. It's more than just what's being posted online. Um, and so with that, we do a lot of work with schools and we do a lot of, <clears throat> excuse me, um, work trying to share that message and provide education about healthy behaviors online and how to empower children to make safe decision-making online, how to identify red flags um, online that something may not be what it appears to be and really help um, survivors learn how to report on the different platforms should images or videos be shared in the future because that can be extremely overwhelming um, you know, I know on this podcast, we talk about a lot of different apps and a lot of different programs that are online, and each of them are so unique in the ways to report things online. Um, so that's something that we do as part of our role as well, is helping helping survivors and families learn how to report things and learn how to um, how to navigate that if it does come up in the future so that they feel safe, that they feel empowered and like they can take action to, um, to kind of get some of that control back into their lives. And, and we do, we talk all the time about how technology is so overwhelming and it's overwhelming simply as a user, let alone as a parent trying to guide a child through technology usage, as a guardian trying to figure out the risks and the safety factors of this. And then this new component as well of if something bad does happen, how to help and how to respond to it. So I think that those are, are really great. Obviously, they're wonderful aspects of this program and, and services that you both offer, um, but it's a really great point to bring up and have people be aware of as well. Um, so, you know, I want to mention, you know, you keep talking, you guys both have mentioned now uh, complexities of these crimes and um, how they can have long lasting impact. And, um, I think that those are, are really important components of, uh, these ICAC cases to be aware of and to recognize that there, while there are limited resources, there are resources out there that, that do specialize in this sort of victimization and, and serving it. So counseling services that understand this re-victimization and this multi-victimization piece and the long lasting impacts, the psychological impacts um, all those pieces. But um, the other thing I think is important that we bring up as part of all this is maybe the, the, the way in which we respond to these situations. I think we all understand that everyone makes mistakes and we make mistakes online and maybe post something that we shouldn't have posted or say something that we shouldn't have said. 
Um, and the importance of how we respond to this as professionals, as parents and guardians, um, and make sure that, that victims know they're, they're supported as well. So, um, do you, do either of you want to kind of expand on that and just, um, you know, the, the message on, on how we respond and victim blaming and that sort of thing? Sure, I can take part of that question. And Katie, if you have any other thoughts, feel free to, to jump in and follow up. Um, I think one of the things that we end up talking about a lot with the families that we work with, and especially for the guardians and the parents, um, is around how to respond and how to how to support children after this. And I think many, many guardians and, and parents fear that they don't know what the right thing to say is. Um, and I can totally empathize with that, that this is not a situation that you, you tend to think would happen or could happen. And so, um, just trying to figure out what is the right thing to say, how do I do that? And so we talk through that with families and we provide support and, um, you know, help them navigate that space. Um, but I think some of the the tips that I have, or some of the things to keep in mind is that statements that validate and support are always going to be a safe place to start if you're responding to a child um, who's disclosing something to you. So statements like, thank you for telling me. Um, it was really brave of you to come to me and to share that with me and letting them know that they did not do anything wrong. Um, I think a lot of the times we tend to put blame or it's society as a whole puts blame onto victims of you shouldn't have sent that image or you shouldn't have done this. But really, it's about directing the conversation back to the fact that we do know that it's victimization. And there are other people on the other end of the line or the other side of the screen who are asking for the pictures or sharing them without getting consent. And so um, letting the child know that they they didn't do anything wrong, that they did the right thing for coming to you and sharing that with you. Um, and then just letting them know that you love them and that they're safe. And no matter what happens, that you can go through this together and you'll figure it out together, um, I think are really great starting points for responding to children. Um, another tip that I have is if a child does disclose or if a child is coming to you or you find out that something happens is to remain calm. Um, many times children will, they may come to you and they may kind of just test the waters. They may just kind of see how, how is this adult going to respond before I share the whole story of what happened? Um, because sometimes overreacting or underreacting can actually prevent a child from disclosing further. So, remain calm, listen to them, and then validate that they did the right thing by coming to you. Um, and then the final piece would be if, um, would be reporting and finding out who the appropriate person to report is and, um, making sure that that child's safe moving forward with the resources that are at hand. Those are all really fantastic messages. I, I love everything that you said there and, and the importance of listening and not responding with anger or blame. Those are so important so that our kids know they can ask for help and that they will get that support. Even if we might be angry at the internet in general or an action they took, the most important thing is that we're helping. Um, so that's a, the, 
those are really great things to keep in mind. Um, Katie, I know you talked when we started about empowering kids to make the right decisions. And um, I think that includes reporting and talking to guardians and things like that. Do you want to expand a little bit about um, about that and em empowering them and what that looks like? Yeah, sure. So I think Leanna gave some good, you know, some good tidbits of information. And I think it's just, you know, if just empowering them in general, encouraging them to come and talk to you and that you are an open person, that you're safe. And I think it really comes down to, you know, having those conversations even prior to eh, something maybe happening and just having those open conversations, which then does um, you know, if something happens on the internet, it does empower them to come and talk to you that you're a safe person or that they're comfortable having these conversations with you. Um, you know, and if it does get to the point where something has happened online, you know, encouraging them to utilize the platforms, um, the reporting features that are built into the platforms or utilizing the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children's reporting line for their cyber tips or um, you know, going to the local law enforcement agency. And, you know, I think it's still important, even if you don't have all the answers, just reassuring the child that, you know, you're going to get through it together. You know, we'll report this together. We'll go to the police department. We'll go to the sheriff's department together. Um, and just going through, you know, just empowering and encouraging them to do that. And, you know, I think, it's just reinforcing that with them and reminding them as well of, of their strengths and that they're, you know, that they did the right thing by coming to you. Um, yeah. And we've seen that, that having a support person, whoever it might be, a friend, a family member, um, having somebody that they can reach out to helps uh, increase the probability that this will get reported to law enforcement, which is what we want, because then we can respond to these situations and make sure that it doesn't happen again. And it doesn't happen to somebody else as well. Um, so those are really, really great points. And I appreciate that. Um, I would also point out that empowering kids to report inappropriate behavior and to know how to ask for help and who to ask for help from, um, even before something has happened, are really good safety tools uh, to have as part of your conversations. And it teaches our kids um, appropriate ways to use the internet, appropriate ways to respond to things and help kind of say what is not okay for the internet. And then that grows with them uh, as they start using the internet more and you know maybe as part of school or professional lives. Um, and that's what we want to see is good digital citizenship. So I think those are all really awesome messages to be sharing, uh, regardless of the type of conversation you're having about online activity. So, um, I appreciate that from both of you. And, um, I just want to kind of start wrapping up here and share a lot of resources that we have and ways that you can find out more information about this fantastic ICAC victim services program that we have as part of our task force. Um, you can, as always, connect with us uh, for questions or safety information at icac.widoj.gov. And then you can find more information on the program and resources um, that they are able to offer on that website as well, icac.widoj.gov. There's a specific tab for our ICAC Victim Services Program. So please check that out and connect with us as you need to. Um, but Leanna, Katie, I just want to say thank you both very much for joining us, for what you do. You're both 
always very calming influences and easy to have conversations with, which I really appreciate. Um, and I just want to say thanks and allow you any opportunity to to leave a closing message with our guests. So Katie, any closing messages? Yeah, I just want to say thank you for having us on and giving us the opportunity to share some information and resources. And again, you know, there is, you know, there's no textbook answer on how, if something like this happens, how to, you know, how to work through that as a parent or a guardian. And so always please feel free to just reach out. Um, we're happy to help navigate this as well as share resources and support with you all. Yeah, that's why we're here. Thank you. Leanna, messages from you? Um, yeah, I think just piggybacking off of Katie's is that if there are any survivors or secondary survivors out there that are listening to this or maybe just somebody that you know who might be in need of support, um, please know that we're here for you and we believe you and that help is available. Um, there are advocates out there who are going to be available to listen in non-judgmental ways and help you connect to resources in your community and really support you through your healing, your healing journey, um, whenever you're ready, if you're ready. So help is available and please reach out if, if there's anything that we can do to support you. But yeah, thank you, Dana, for having us on today. And, um, thank you for starting and continuing the conversation about victim services and, um, what, what is available out there for people. Wonderful. And again, if you need to reach out to us, if you need to find information or contact information, best spot to go is at icac.widoj.gov page. Um, so thanks again to Leanna and Katie. Um, thanks for all the work that they do as part of this ICAC Victim Services Program. And thank you, listeners, for joining us and learning more about internet safety and the ways that you can help. Um, so as always, stay safe.